is that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman Whip. Is that really in the Bible? I want to ask you a question. It's a question that I think a lot of Christians are afraid to ask. Maybe they're afraid to ask their minister. Maybe they've been taught for so long that a certain set of beliefs that they would be ashamed to, to ask this question. But, but inside, it is an important question that we all have, especially if you're a pet lover, an animal lover. And so the question is, will I ever see my favorite pet again? That is my favorite pet that has passed away. Now, obviously, I, I didn't say, I did not say, will God resurrect all animals? Will God resurrect every uh, ant? The reason I mention an ant is because when I was a child, I saw a dead ant and I, I gave it a funeral, believe it or not. Yes, I, I took a matchbox and picked it up and put it in that matchbox and, and dug a little trench and, and buried the matchbox. That was, that was the ant's casket, you know, casket. Um, but but I, I had a compassion on an ant. So when I talk about will you ever see your favorite pet again, I'm not, I'm not saying that all dogs, all cats, all horses, all animals are resurrected. That's not I, the, the question I'm asking. Will you ever see your favorite pet again. Now, this actually, in reality, is a sermon I've been working on for about 20 years. Because about 20 years ago, one of my, I had a dog named Butch. We had a dog named Butch. He was a Labrador retriever. And Butch was a good old boy. I mean, they just didn't make him any better than this dog. I mean, he was man's best friend. I mean, he was a good old boy. And I love that dog. And I miss that dog to this day. I would like to see my favorite pet again. It's a strange thing about pets. Have you ever noticed that, that people actually start to look like their pets? I mean, I'm not kidding you. There's a billboard sign going into near where I, we live when you go into going toward Roanoke, uh, north on, on 220, there is a woman, a real estate woman, holding a pet dog, and I'm telling you, they look like each other. They got the same beady eyes, well, not beady eyes, but they got the same eyes, same hairstyle, same everything. I mean, I've just, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, and it's, it's been said that, that as, you know, it's like your pets begin to look like you know, your, your, your master, your owner, the human owners, they, people begin to look like their pets. Now, in, in, when I was growing up, there was a fundamental teaching of, well, pets don't have souls, or pets don't have spirits, and, and God's not interested in resurrecting animals. And, and so you'll, you know, as far as when your favorite pet dies, you'll never see it again. And, uh, 
you know, I, I, I understand that God is not in the business of resurrecting all animals. I understand that. And I understand animals don't have a spirit and they don't have a soul or however you want to put that. That I understand. But, you know, when you're dealing with a 12-year-old boy, when you're dealing with a little child and you just say, well, you'll never see that thing again. You know, that's it. And a child comes to you and says, well, I ever, you know, well, you know, in God's government and God's kingdom, uh, when Christ returns to this earth, will I ever see my favorite pet again? You know, no, you never will. You know, that can be sort of harsh. That can be sort of cruel, a cruel thing to say. Maybe there's a better way of handling this. And I, that better way is, is what I want to talk about today. Now, when I was 12 years old, I had another favorite pet. It was a duck. Yes, a duck. I don't know why I liked that duck. And we named it, we named, I named that duck Downey. He was a white duck. I liked how it waddled across the, 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 the ground and he would jump in my mother's pond, which basically probably could have been suicide because there were snapping turtles that big in that pond. I don't know how he survived that. But, uh, you know, instead of puppy love, I had ducky love, and I, I loved this duck. And, and then one morning, we found the duck dead in the yard. I don't know if it was a fox. I don't know what killed it, but something killed it. And I cried, and uh, I told my mother, I can't go to school today because my duck died, and she made me go to school anyway. And I told people about my, my duck died in school, and no one seemed to care. You know, like you couldn't whip up a lot of compassion from people about, I thought they'd be concerned about the fact that my duck died, but they didn't, they didn't care, you know. So I couldn't find what I was looking for there. But anyway, eventually I was comforted. But uh, I, I sometimes think, how, how could I have been so close to a duck? Because, you know, today I could care less about that duck. You know, I just really don't care if I ever see that duck again, you know. Now, you know, I read something one time. I thought, I thought it was funny. It was a shirt. It said, and my point is this. People get attached to their favorite pets. They can become a very important part of their lives. And it was a shirt that I saw. It said, the more people I meet, the more I like my dog. And I can relate to that. I, I, I really can. You know, it, it was a, a minister, I think it, Ron Dart talked about going to a pet cemetery. Yes, they have pet cemeteries. And, and reading the expressions of love at a pet cemetery, he said it surpassed that of humans, you know, going to a, a you know, a, a, where humans are laid to rest. The, the close, the, the incredible, compassionate, expression of love from a pet cemetery. Now, let me just read to you a few. Right here we go. When tomorrow starts without me, don't think we're far apart. For every time you think of me, I'm right here inside your heart. How true it is of the impression that our animals leave on us, especially when we're so close to them. Uh, Here is another one. This one was named must have been a dog named Bubba. Bubba, yes, Bubba. You are my best friend and loyal companion. Memories we share together will last forever in my heart. 
And so it is sort of true that, that as far as expressions of love, that, that maybe you can find greater expressions of love from a, from a pet cemetery. You know, you, you go to a regular cemetery and you read something like, dust you are and dust you shall return. Well, that's well, okay. I understand that. But, uh, you know, where's the love? Where's the love? Okay. Here's, a, here's another one. If tears could build a stairway and memories a lane, I'd walk right up to heaven and bring you home again. Now, this one is a misconception. It is the idea that pets go to heaven, just like... Well, actually, you know, it's a misconception that humans immediately go to heaven. Why would I say that? Well, because of John 3 and verse 13, Jesus speaking, words in red, and no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Now, maybe you, you didn't know that, and maybe that bothers you, and, and maybe, you know, maybe this just a lot of things you've overlooked in the Bible. Um, but that's something between you and your Savior. This is what your Savior said. Okay, no man has ascended up to heaven. Okay, that's what he said. Don't get angry at the messenger boy. Just, just take it up with Jesus if, if you're upset at his statement or, 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 or whatever. Okay. When we went to, we had a, a dog that my wife backed over and, and, and she was brokenhearted about that. Uh, it was an accident. Dog was getting death. Couldn't hear. He couldn't hear very well, and and didn't hear the car running. And would, of course, crawl underneath the car if the engine was warm or whatever. And so she backed over the dog. We had to take the the, the dog to the vet service, and and they said, you know, recommended putting her down. And so we put her down. Her name was Caramel. She was a good dog too. And it was several, about a week later, the pet, the veterinarian service sent us a card in, in the mail. It said this, it says, may the light of your dear pet's memory shine brightly and bring you comfort. And then it said this as you turn to the inside of the card. It said, grieve not, nor speak of me with tears, but laugh and talk of me as if I were beside you. I loved you so. Twas heaven here with you. You know, it, it, it works both ways. A, a pet can make your life more fulfilled, but we've also fulfilled their lives also, as in, in this little expression, as if the dog was talking here. You know, it was heaven down here with you, with my master. Uh, I was touched by that uh, little card that they sent me in the mail. So let's take a look at what the Bible says about this. We're, we're asking the question, will you ever see your favorite pet again? Of course, your favorite pet that has passed away. Will you ever see it again? Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 19. It says, For that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beast. Even one thing befalls them, as the one dies, so dies the other. Yea, they all have one breath, so that a man has no preeminence above a beast, for all is vanity. All go unto one place, all are of the dust, and all turn to dust again. Now here it seems to be no distinction between the two. You know, when Rover died, he was dead all over. Or, But what Solomon is, is talking about is, 
he's saying as far as the body, whether you're talking about a human body or the body of a beast, they all return to the dust of the earth. Okay. So in that sense, there is no distinction. But let's continue to read Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 21. Who knows the spirit of man that goes upward and the spirit of the beast that goes downward to the earth? So here's a clear, and the word spirit just means breath of life. But here is a clear distinction between the two. The spirit of a man goes upward back to God. The spirit of a beast goes downward. So there is a clear distinction. Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 7. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit, that is the spirit in man, shall return to God who gave it. What is the spirit of man? Well, it's the recording of your life. It is your spiritual, let's say, DNA. It, it goes back to God who gave it in the first place. It's stored away in a safe place under God's you know, control. Your spirit returns back to God who gave it. Now, But here's one point I just want to mention on the side. That spirit that returns to God who gave it, it's not conscious of anything. You know? And there's a reason it's not conscious of anything. How do we know that the spirit that re- uh, of man that returns to God who gave it is not conscious of anything? How do we know that? James 2 and verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. In other words, what James is saying is when you separate your spirit from your body, the body returns to the dust of the earth, the spirit returns to God who gave it, it results in a condition called death. Now, we all know that death is a bad thing, but death is temporary. God is going to take that spirit, the recording of you, and give it back to you at the resurrection. Also, he's going to give you a new body. Okay, so that spirit of you, your spiritual DNA, is going to be transfused into a new body at the resurrection. So death is only temporary for human beings. Okay. And that, that's, that's great news. But what I'm dealing with is, will I ever see my favorite pet again? Now, I want to say this. As far as some pets, you know, I talked about my ducky love that I had with a duck at age 12. I have no desire to see that pet again. There's probably a lot of pets that you've had that you don't really care to see again, to be honest with you. But then you've got your favorite, you see. All right. You know, it was uh, one minister talked about that sometimes people, young people, you know, they get all wrapped up in this life. And they, they say, well, when Christ returns and the kingdom is set up on this earth, will I be able to drive a car 80 miles an hour and throw it in a curve and let the, hear the tire squall and take off spinning and you know, will I be able to do all these things in the kingdom of God when Christ sets up his kingdom on this earth? And, you know, the answer is, well, if you want to, sure, you'll be able to do that. But chances are you're not going to want to. We've got to realize that when we get into the, when, when Christ establishes his government on this earth, you know, there's a lot of things you're going to be able to do that's just going to be more important. You're going to have a greater sense of love, appreciation, a greater sense of peace than, than you've ever had in your entire life. And you're going to be able, let's say, to travel at the speed of thought. You know, Jesus appeared to his disciples 
they were locked in a room and he, he went straight through a stone wall and appeared to his disciples. How would you like to do that? You know, I mean, he was a spirit being at that point and spirit beings can do and, and flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We're going to be changed from flesh to spirit. So we're going to be completely different when Christ returns and resurrects us and gives us that new body. And we're going to be able to do a lot of cool things that would just blow your mind. You know, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard the incredible things that God has in store for us. It's going to be amazing. Now, as of right now, there is, I'm thinking of one pet I would like to see again. I already talked about him. His name was Butch. Butch was a good old boy. Butch was a Labrador retriever. I would throw rocks in the pond and he would take his big old head and go down there under the water and grab those rocks out and bring them to me. He was a laid back, cool dog. I mean, he was just cool as a cucumber. I mean, he was the coolest dog I ever had, we ever had. He had gotten to a habit of going, going over to my mother-in-law's, which was about uh, two miles away. And my wife would go over there to see her mother and, and she would bring Butch back in the car, put him in the trunk. And, you know, he didn't mind lying, uh, laying in the truck, trunk, trunk, excuse me. And uh, she'd get home, pop the trunk and he'd get out. Well, one, one night, you know, we went, we, she, she brought him home and we forgot about him. And we woke up in the morning and uh, I think she screamed, Butch, he's in the trunk of the car. And we get up and go downstairs and open up the trunk and he just, he, well, he just laying there, you know, and he stuck his old head up and looked around and went in no hurry and then jumped out. He didn't mind spending the night in the trunk of the car. He was just that cool. But because he was so cool, excuse me. Uh, I lost my clicker. <laughs> okay, because he was so cool, I'd like to see that dog again. So will I ever see him again? Well, let's, let's take a look at something Jesus said. Matthew 7 and verse 7. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocks it shall be opened. Of what man is there of you? Whom, if his son will ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a snake, a serpent? If you then, and I love this verse, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask? I love that verse because even though we are evil, we know how to give good things to our children. Why would I deny my child? What would I deny my child if I had it within my power to do good? Well, absolutely nothing. The only thing I would deny my child is something that I knew was bad. Now, we understand that if your child is asking for you know, something that is bad, then you might deny that. But if, you, if it's good and you've got it within your power to do it. And you know, this, this is what God is saying. God is saying, look, if you're evil and you can do this, then imagine how good God is and what he will do for you. In Psalms 84 and verse 11, it says, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Notice that. Nothing will he withhold. 
we're, from them that walk uprightly. We're talking about a time at the resurrection when we will walk perfectly before the Lord. Really what we're talking about is a relationship with God. You know, you probably have a relationship with a few people. It may only be a few. That if you were to go to them and ask them to do something for you, they're going to do it without exception. Now, like I said, it may only be a few people that fit into this category that you have in your life, but you know that if you needed something, you have a few friends out there that will do anything for you without hesitation. It's good to have those people in your life, by the way, but I'm, I'm, I'm connecting this to the relationship, a relationship with God that you're, you're, you are to have, or at least supposed to have, in your relationship with God. Is God too big to do a small miracle for you? The things that move us to tears, do they move God also? I think they do. That reminds me of another, if you, if you get the time to look this up, uh, A Dog Named Bo by Jimmy Stewart. And he, he tells this little poem about a dog named Bo in the classic style that only Jimmy Stewart could do. I mean, he, great storyteller. It will bring you to tears. Look it up on the internet, YouTube video, A Dog Named Bo by Jimmy Stewart, and you will be moved also. But I'm talking about God doing small things for us. That's what I'm talking about. I want to read a story that explains the degree God will go to, to do small things for us. It's found in 2 Kings 6 and verse 4. So he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, Alas, master, it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place, and he cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore, said he, take up to thee, and he put, it out, put out his hand and took it up. Yeah, this is a fascinating story. God made the axe head float. Now, why do we fail to ask God for the small things? You know, the small miracles, like, you know, the glasses you can't find because they're on your head or whatever. I'm just kidding. But, but you know, we, the, the small things, you know, the smaller, the better, actually. You know, the reason you have failed to see the big miracles in your life is because you believe God is unconcerned about the small things. You see, you got to start with, you know, a lot of times we're asking for the huge miracles. God, move a mountain. You know, i got to see a mountain moved or whatever. And, and we overlook the small things, the simplistic things, like God making an axe head to float on water. You ever wonder why that story is even in the Bible I mean, there's a, there's a, as I read that story, there's an emotional connection to the man that lost the axe head to the, to the owner. You know, he, he felt a certain amount of responsibility toward the owner when he lost that axe head in the water. Because you couldn't just go down to Lowe's and buy another axe head. I mean, look, I took 
I took blacksmith in school and uh, agriculture class and I made and bent and made a staple. I made this, I made that. You know, I can only Im imagine what it would take back then to make an ax head, especially when you have carving out that point on the, through the steel where the handle has to go. All the work, I mean, it was expensive. So this, there's an emotional connection there with the person that, that you know, that lost the axe head to the owner who, who, who actually, you know, owned the thing, and now I've lost it. And God causes a great miracle to occur. He causes the axe head to float. Yeah, to float. You know, somewhere out there, there's a, some river, some creek, some lake, there's a floating axe head. I believe that. And, you know, what would you do if you saw a floating axe head? You know, you, I, I tell you what I'd probably do. I would think, huh, I bet there's a fishing line that I can't see that's holding that axe head on the water. Or I bet if that axe head is sitting on a stick underneath the water that I can't see. You know, you wonder why we don't believe in the small miracles. And, you know, and Jesus talked about this. He said, look, when I return, will I even find faith on earth. And the kind of faith I'm talking about is a faith to believe the small miracles. What do you believe God will do for you when it comes to the, not the big areas, the small areas? Now my point is this, if God can make an axe head to float, he can see to it, I guarantee you, he can see to it that you get to see your favorite pet again. You know, I can say that with absolute confidence. I really can. And when Christ returns and the resurrection takes place and we're, you know, when I, when I think about it, I will go to my father and I will say, God, you know, there's a dog that I really did like back then when I was flesh and blood. He was a good old boy. His name was Butcher Boy, you know, and I, I would like for you to bring him back, resurrect him. And God will say, sure. In fact, why don't you resurrect him? But you know where the gravesite's at. I mean, and I do. It's right out my back door in my backyard. Got a rock. May even have an old collar that he used to wear uh, hanging on the rock. But I, I, I buried him outside in my back. I got a little pet cemetery right there. Yes. And I can say with absolute confidence that God would allow me to do that. And I'm not, what I'm talking about, it's not, it's not doctrinal. It's not about theology. It's not about thus says the Lord. It's simply about a relationship with God that I have with God and knowing the goodness of God, that God Almighty would answer that question. So, will you ever get to see your favorite pet again? Absolutely. I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia. 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. 
Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net.